Now, I know what you're thinking. Movie marathon. <laughs> and I agree. But maybe we'll do that another day. Some of you are actually probably scratching your heads wondering what this video clip has to do with our current series. While some of you who are strong in the way of the force understand it well. And yet there are some others still, like my wife, who actually has no idea what that clip actually is. Hands up here if you've never actually watched Star Wars. Okay. So just two or three of you, that's fine. But that's okay, because here at Door of Hope, we offer prayer for healing. And we can help make your path straight, whether that's straight to the video store, if they still exist, or maybe to your smart TV. Now, I, like many, have actually watched Star Wars, so I can speak with authority. But if you need more evidence of that, then watch this very short clip. I'll show you what's Daddy. What is he? He's a Jedi, is he? So if you've ever had any doubts about the power of the force inside me, your doubts have just been quashed by a two-and-a-half-year-old. See, in my initial preparation for today, I, with the power of Google at my fingertips, I typed in a couple of key words, Luke and encounters, and I came up with that first clip. <laughs> it wasn't a bad result, really. Some might say it was like a whisper from God. However, I do acknowledge that Star Wars does not really have much to do with encountering Jesus. However, I think it actually might be a great idea every Sunday morning maybe to start with a bit of Star Wars. Maybe then my wife would actually watch it. But on a more serious note, unless we type Jesus into any equation, we're going to get a very different answer to the questions we're seeking. So just to clarify, this series is called Encountering Jesus Through the Gospel of Luke. And today's talk is entitled, Never Too Late. It's never too late to encounter Jesus. Last week, we heard from Wayne Kerrison sharing encounters with prayer. And Wayne said that no matter where you are on the hope pathway, whether you're an inquirer, a friend, someone who is exploring what church and God's all about, whether or not you're a new Christian, a growing Christian, or Jesus-centred and others-focused, encountering Jesus through the Lord's Prayer can have an impact on your life. And likewise, while we today are at all different stages of the Hope Pathway, what I bring today, I believe, will speak to everyone here today. When I think about never too late, I remember the encounter that Jesus had with the two criminals who we hung on the cross with, found in Luke chapter 23. Nearing the end of that chapter, a picture is painted of Jesus being hung on a cross. There were two prisoners, one on his left and one on his right, who were also hung on a cross. Now, back then, the word criminal was used for professional criminals and members of the underworld. They were hoods, thugs, they were cutthroat killers. Basically, they were the worst of the worst, and they had all been let out to be executed. But one of the men realised that he and the other man were actually being punished justly for what they had both done. You know, punishment is something our society 
is very strong about. We as society believe in right and wrong. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. People must be held to account. Zero tolerance. And in my role as a police officer, I have seen that many times. People want vengeance, they want revenge. The common phrase or understanding I hear at work is, if only we just locked them up and threw away the key, that would fix everything. But you know, this attitude doesn't just exist from the law-abiding citizens against the criminals and lawbreakers. Many of us don't believe that we should or could be forgiven for the things that we have done wrong. For some, forgiveness is not an option or it's an extremely hard, long and exhausting road to navigate. Sometimes we don't think we deserve a do-over or get a clean slate. But that isn't what God believes. Know that in this fragile and uncertain world that we live in, hanging on that cross, God's will was that Jesus covered all of our sins and our transgressions. He paid the ultimate price so that we wouldn't have to. A man blameless and sinless who had done nothing wrong. Jesus saying, I have already paid the price so you don't have to. He died for our transgressions. But you know, it can be hard to change our way of thinking because Satan is the father of lies, as it says in John 8:44. He actually doesn't want us to know that Jesus came to give us life. The Bible says the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. However, Jesus has come not only to give us life, but give it to the full. When we open ourselves to encounter Jesus on a daily basis, He can and does change our hearts and lives. Sometimes it's a process, but when it does happen, it can impact in every area of our thinking. You know, early in my police career, I was quite legalistic. I believed that people needed to pay for their wrongs and the best way to do it was just to lock them up. I, like many police, was there simply to catch crooks. But a few years ago, whilst travelling on a world trip, I participated in some training which my wife, who's a social worker, had been encouraging me to do for about six years. The training was called restorative practice. Now, restorative practice is a strategy that seeks to repair relationships that have been damaged and to repair the harm that has been done. It does this by bringing a sense of restorative action on the part of the offender and forgiveness on part of the victim. Instead of focusing on what laws were broken and what does the offender deserve, I started asking questions like, who has been affected? I remember saying to Katie, I finally get it. I finally understand that legalism is not the answer. I guess like Katie's gentle but persistent encouragement to see justice another way, Jesus is constantly whispering to us. He's pointing us in the direction away from judgment and blame and towards grace and forgiveness. Like restorative justice, which aims to repair harm and restore relationships, 
God sent Jesus to be be the ultimate repairer of harm and restorer of relationships through His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, because of the shift in my view of justice, when I speak to people at work, I say and I firmly believe, no one is saying you're a bad person. You have simply done some bad things, you've made some bad choices. When we encounter Jesus, He has the influence in our lives to overcome the lies that Satan has saturated us for, for many, many years. And likewise, whether in my role as a police officer, or when as Christians we encounter Jesus in our lives, and He can change our approach, we can separate the sin from the sinner. And sometimes this is the difference between guilt and shame. Guilt, I have done something wrong. Shame, there is something wrong with me. It shifts from the behaviour to the person. Instead of saying, I'm someone who lied, it becomes, I'm a liar. And with that becomes very negative thoughts which can have a devastating impact in your life. At Door of Hope, we have an incredible course here called Search for Life, which expands the concepts of guilt and shame, and more importantly, through encountering Jesus, shows us how we can be released from shame in our lives and find freedom. You know, Jesus actually hates legalism because it does not deal with the condition of our hearts with God. Legalism puts the emphasis on the external to the neglect of the internal. Here at Door of Hope, we believe that we live in a fragile and uncertain world. And when I think of the men on the cross, hanging on that cross, their life that day was certainly very fragile. They really had no control over what was about to happen. But when the end was nigh, one of the men said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you enter the kingdom, when you come into the kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus forgave this man and he was free. In his last moments, he was forgiven and his fragile world became certain because he had Jesus at the centre. So, a great ending to someone's life. But to me, this story is very, very sad. Because it reminds me that so many of us wait until we've committed sin or done something wrong to us for God. Or more importantly, we wait until the end of our life to try and build bridges or try and repair things. Richard Williams is better known by his stage name Prince EA and he's got a number of powerful motivational videos on YouTube. And he says, it is not death that most people are afraid of. It is getting to the end of your life and realising that you never truly lived. He said there was a study done, a hospital study, of 100 elderly people close to death facing facing their last breath. And they're all asked the question, what was your life's biggest regret? He said almost everyone said, it wasn't the things that they did do, but the things 
they didn't do, the risks they never took, the dreams they never pursued. I think William Wallace says it best, everyone dies, but not everyone really lives. And it's that life that Jesus came to give us, not just life, but life in abundance. God wants us to take every opportunity to encounter Jesus, every moment to live a life filled with the Holy Spirit. Tony Robbins once said, never underestimate the power of a moment. One such moment happened for me when I was 27 years of age. My wife and I were driving home to Newnham in the car and uh, as I was getting to the house, I saw a number of council workers. And maybe already some of you have got this idea of council workers. And back then, yes, I certainly had that similar idea. And believe it or not, these council workers weren't actually doing any work. They were actually just sitting down, having a smoke out. But that day for me was different. I remember walking inside and I heard God say, look after them. So I got some cordial out of the fridge and I got some biscuits from the pantry and I put them onto a serving tray. And I walked outside and I nourished them with food and water. And I also acknowledged them for the work that they had been doing. Now, they were noticeably appreciative of my actions but I was actually also changed inside. From that day forward, I believed that things would be different to me and how I should respond to anyone when I encounter them. I remember saying that my first 27 years would not equal my next 27 years. Basically, the past does not have to equal your future. Never underestimate the power of a moment. You know, moments in your life don't have to be at the end of your time here on earth either. They can be here, they can be now, they can be in the darkest time of your life or when you least expect it. It's never too late to encounter Jesus. When we open up ourselves to encounter Jesus, He will change our lives and the lives of those around us. Maybe you've encountered Jesus and you've accepted Him as your, as your Lord and Saviour. And maybe this talk for you today is learning how to re-encounter Him on a daily basis, to hear His whispers and to be His hands and feet so others can encounter Him for the first time. Maybe you've never encountered Jesus before. You know, one such encounter is found in Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 10. The man in this story is called Zacchaeus and we're going to read along on the screen behind me. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he, climbed, he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree since Jesus was coming that way. You know, back in Jesus' time, Israel was under the control of the Roman government. They were not a free nation and they had to obey laws and submit to Roman authority, which meant uh, they also had to pay taxes and every time they did that, it was a reminder that they were under control of a foreign government. And Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector, so he was in charge of all the other tax collectors, so he was probably especially disliked. Many of the tax collectors back then also took more money than what they were supposed to. 
and they generally, when they took more money, kept it for themselves. That was probably more than enough to make tax, tax collectors unpopular. In this story, we're not told why he was so curious about Jesus, but he was very eager to see what Jesus was doing. The problem was that Caius was much smaller than everyone else in the crowd. He could have asked to stand on someone's shoulders, but uh, being a chief tax collector, there was more chance that they would want to stand on his head. So by climbing up the sycamore tree, he had a bird's eye view of the action. You know, Zacchaeus was curious about Jesus and wanted to see him with his physical eyes, about what all the commotion was about. But Jesus was also working in Zacchaeus' heart to enable him to see in spiritual eyes. God wanted the little tax collector to see that Jesus could bring salvation to everybody in that crowd that day, even a hated outcast like Zacchaeus. You know, when we listen to stories about Jesus, we learn about what he did and said, we are seeing, we are watching from a distance. But when we truly understand that, the, that Jesus is the Son of God who died for us, that we can be forgiven and have eternal life, then we start seeing with our spiritual eyes. So let's read on. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Zacchaeus climbed up that tree so he could see the attention that Jesus was getting, but all of a sudden, Zacchaeus himself became the centre of attention. And Jesus called Zacchaeus by name. Now, the two had never met, but Jesus knew everything about him. You know, tax collectors like Zacchaeus were especially looked down upon by the Pharisees and the rule makers. They were considered to be the worst of the worst. Did Jesus know that Zacchaeus was a sinner? Yes. And he still chose to spend time with him anyway. Back in the day, Zacchaeus wouldn't have even been allowed to worship with others, but here, Jesus, Jesus was inviting himself to go to the house of a chief tax collector, treating himself like a great friend. And the people began to complain and whisper, even though every single person in Jericho that day was a sinner themselves. The fact is, everyone is a sinner. Romans 3.32, everyone has sinned. No one, no one measures up to God's glory. That includes you and that includes me. Now, we may not be uh, thieves or murderers, but we have all sinned. And any sin, big or small, separates us from God. But that's not the end of the story. So let's continue to learn just how different Zacchaeus was when Jesus came to his house. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Zacchaeus truly had become a new man that day. But how is that possible? 
2 Corinthians 5.17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ becomes a new person. The old life is gone, the new life, a new life, has begun. Key word, anyone. Meeting Jesus changed Zacchaeus into a completely new person. And Jesus wants everyone in, to believe in him so they can be new creations too. Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins. When we believe that, repent and follow him, just like Zacchaeus did, Jesus will change our lives and make us a new creation also. The good news is that we don't have to climb a sycamore fig tree to encounter Jesus. We just need to ask him into our lives. And sometimes if we're paying attention, we can encounter Jesus in the most unlikely places too. You know, Zacchaeus wasn't expecting to have an encounter with Jesus, but that's exactly what happened. The Bible declares that anyone, even a career criminal, can be forgiven and made right with God. So yes, it's never too late. But what's wrong with starting now? Jesus tells us that we have never done anything that would separate us from encountering Him today. Let's watch a movement piece which I think depicts this very well. Many people think they are simply too far gone, that they've committed too much sin and they've pushed God away too many times. The take-home message from today is this. No one, no one is beyond the reach of God's grace. Even the worst of sinners, the worst of criminals, can be saved at any moment. Never underestimate the power of a moment. Right here, this morning, in this moment, may be your moment to encounter Jesus. Whether it's the first time or the millionth time, during this next song, take the time to encounter Jesus wherever you are. If you would like prayer or you would like someone to talk to, then please come to the front where our prayer team and elders will be here to be with you as you encounter Jesus.